1: Welcome to America's Heroes Group, our roundtable with our partner, Jesse Brown, VA Works. We are America's Heroes Group. April is Sexual Assault, Minority Health, and Autism Awareness Month. Happy Resurrection Weekend. For some people, it's Easter. Some people, it's Resurrection Day. Either way, happy day, happy Sunday, happy weekend. Our host is Cliff Kelly. You heard him at the, at the top of the hour. I'm Sean Clever, the co-host, Army National Guard Veteran. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith, but today we have Shakaya in. who's going to be our producer today. And our digital media producer is Ivan Ortega of Scouts Honor Productions. And we have our panelists with us. Dr. Alexandra Glimershek is an assistant professor of nephrology at Northwest Memorial Hospital and director of hemodialysis at Jesse Brown VA. And Samantha White, she's a certified advanced practice nurse specializing in adult health and gerontological and facility transplant coordinator for both solid organ and stem cell cases. I love all things stem cells, so we're going to have an interesting conversation today. Transplants and donations at the Jesse Brown VA. So, Dr. Alexandra Komershek, you have a very interesting story. I saw you a lot mm-hmm. on CNN and other places on local news yeah. around the country. You're like a celebrity <laughs> because you did Oh um, my God. You've gone where no doctor well, I say no doctor, but you've done, you've done what no most people won't do which is you yourself decided oh. to step up and be a kidney donor. So you donated yes. a kidney to a woman in Virginia, and that person then, her husband they then have. donated to someone at Northwestern Memorial Hospital. Yes. But tell me this. Yes. So in that in that process, tell me, explain to me what is a, a kidney-paired donation? What is that all about? Is that a thing? What is that?
2: Yes. Yeah, so it happens at a lot of transplant centers. So it is when um, someone has a donor who doesn't match them, Um, and then there's another pair of people who had there's a donor and a recipient who doesn't match each other either but then um, one of the donors can match the other person's recipient and then vice versa so then they can swap the kidneys um, and then donate to each other each other's um, recipients so that way If you don't match your your recipient, if you have someone that you know who needs a kidney transplant and you wanna become a donor, that doesn't mean um, that you can't donate if you don't match. You can enter this paired kidney donation and they can find you another pair that will match um, a, a donor that will match your recipient and you will donate to their recipient and their donor will donate to your recipient. Wow. So that's what happened. Um, But I just threw my kidney in there, and I I was hoping to just help somebody who needed that one donor. And then um, another recipient would, would receive my kidney, and then that recipient donor would give to another recipient. And that's what happened. I donated to a woman in Virginia, and her husband donated to a patient at Northwestern.
1: Well, wow, so tell me, how did how do you come to the point? I know you're a doctor, and I know this <laughs> you, this is your specialty. But what makes you mm-hmm. get the courage and get to that point of being able to say, okay, I'm going to go under the knife myself and donate one of my kidneys? So, and, and that's, yeah, and there's a, you know, so, there's a lot of follow up questions to that because I got a lot. I mean, of so we need to unpack that first. But you know, yeah. t- So, so, t- but tell me about right. your thought process.
2: Okay. So it started about nine years ago. Um, I started thinking about it then, and it was started with a patient that I had um, in clinic at Northwestern. And she was a younger woman, about 30, 31 or 32 years old. And she came to me with pretty advanced kidney disease. She went to her gynecologist who diagnosed her with um, a, a elevated kidney function test, which means her kidney function was weak and nothing else was known. So. She was referred to me and we were hoping that maybe it was something acute maybe we could reverse it but unfortunately it was advanced already so she was going to be on dialysis very soon and this young woman had just gotten married and she wanted to um, become pregnant and have a baby and she was full of hope for a new life and the next time she came to see me uh, we started talking about transplant options and i said well you know, talk to your friends, talk to your family, and maybe someone will be willing to donate. And the next time she came to see me, she said, unfortunately, no one stepped up to see, to um, offer to donate to me, uh, except for my husband. But my husband can't donate because he has kidney stones. So I was just so heartbroken for her because there's this young woman. She is just kind of beginning her life with a new husband. She wants to get pregnant. And i don't know if anybody knows out there but patients on dialysis is extremely difficult to become pregnant
0: Hmm.
2: um it's very difficult to become pregnant and then carry the pregnancy to term so i'm sorry i knew it would be very difficult for her if not impossible and um it just started the thought started there that um i thought well maybe i can donate but the problem was that I have a history of bladder cancer, mm. and I thought, well, maybe I cannot be a donor because um, if you have cancer, that could spread to another person if you donate, mm. if, the, if the cancer is in your organs. So it took me a few years, and then I approached one of our transplant nephrologists at Northwestern and asked him if I haven't had a recurrence in years since I've been in my 20s and I'm 46 now can I be a donor and they said you probably can um, come and do the test and we'll figure it out and um, I underwent the um, workup and it turned out that I was a good donor. so um, I decided now is the good time <laughs> wow. because I had the social support um, someone to help me you know take care of my dog and me after the, the um, donation so I've decided it would be now. But the reason why I wanted to donate is because I see better patients on dialysis and I see how difficult their lives are. They have to be there three times a week for about four hours each time. And they are really tired after dialysis. They can't really do much afterwards. Um, It's like a part-time job to be on dialysis. Mm. They can't be spontaneous with travel. They just, I mean, they are probably full of worry all the time maybe their access for dialysis to you know the access that you draw blood from and run through to the machine may go down at any point and um may have to be they may need to get a new one so it's anxiety provoking it's lonely to be on dialysis it's just uh, my heart just goes out to them and i wish i could donate to each and every one of them but unfortunately i can't but i figured someone should someone should donate and why not it be me. I'm healthy. I'm you know, I I'm able and why not me? So that was the beginning of it.
1: Wow, that's a really amazing story. Now, the, uh, yeah. I would like to get into what Jesse Brown the Jesse Brown VA does with donor transplants and things along those lines. What are your, what are the capabilities of the Jesse Brown VA and also what would you tell a veteran who cuz many people will be afraid to go under the knife and donate a kidney? Uh, we have two of them, from my understanding, You and the need both of them. But how was that process working at Jesse Brown VA? Either one of you can answer that. I don't know who has the expert answer I'm going to gonna
2: that. let Sam answer that um, how it does it work at Jesse Brown. He's much, much better at it with me. Well, hello, everyone. Good afternoon.
0: Uh, we actually do not do the transplant surgeries at Jesse Brown, but we do the surgeries that our high the and so the way that we work is we're technically one big campus when it comes to our kidney transplants. So Dr. Gomerchak, I, I have to toot her horn, but she's literally 40% of our program. She wow. has referred so many veterans. She's just an amazing individual. Um, so as it works is if a patient is a veteran patient, they would come and they would of course get their primary care provider to submit a referral to one of our wonderful outpatient nephrologists, such as Dr. Gamerchak. And then in that case, they will do like a preliminary review just to determine if the veteran would be a good candidate. And if he or she is, then they would consult me. And in that case, I would do a secondary uh, review of the patient, and then I will get a little bit more in-depth and start ordering all of these testings. And if something is abnormal, we'll investigate it. And if we think we've got a really good case, then we submit that patient over to our Heinz VA team for them to take a better look at the patient and to determine if that patient can be listed for transplant. And if they are listed, then the team at Heinz is excellent. They would list them and then they would contact them once an organ offer is made. And we've seen a lot of success um, in the few years that Heinz has been transplanting. And I believe our first kidney case was in uh, 2020. So, and they've grown exponentially, Mm -hmm. have very good outcomes, it's a very good team. So the one main thing I really would want to impress to the veterans is you have one of the greatest resources at your fingertips. And Dr. Gramerchak, she is one excellent example of the type of clinicians that we work with that are selfless, that live their lives every day, and come in with a renewed commitment to improve the health and wellness of our veteran patients. And with Dr. Gomerchak being one of our amazing outpatient nephrologists and has literally carried a lot of the load on her back, this is a wonderful example of the type of support that we offer for veterans. So it's a really big honor for me to be a part of this panel to put one of these wonderful commissions on display just because the VA does have so many resources for veterans and there's so many people that are there really because we care. There's no conflict of interest. We're there because we want to be there and we really, truly want to make a difference.
1: From what I understand, mm-hmm. I read that for veterans, they have you have a process to help speed up the the waiting list of, getting, of finding a donor, is that correct?
0: Well, the way it works is a patient can be dual listed. So you can be listed at two different institutions. And within the VA, if the veteran chooses to go through the VA system, then the VA will list them. And then if they choose to also work with another institution, one of our community care partners, such as Northwestern, they can be listed at Northwestern as well. I can say that research has shown that the veteran uh, group as a whole has been very competitive with making sure that they put patients on the forefront in terms of getting access and getting offers slightly sooner, um, more so than just working with just one institution. So in that sense, yes, being dual listed, having the VA also submit on behalf of the veteran as well as a non-VA entity can assist with veterans who want to get listed faster and get transplanted faster.
1: So how would you prepare someone? So I, it's, it was, I would think that getting donors is like 90,000 people across the country need kidneys or need tr- kidney transplants. Oh. So how do you How oh would you? How do you uh, explain to someone that the importance of, impress upon them, the importance of maybe being a kidney donor or, or thinking about being a kidney donor?
2: Yes. Oh, my gosh. So I'll take that one. Um, so living donors are extremely important. Right now we have about 100,000 people waiting on the transplant list. Um, in United States, and the waiting list in Chicago is about five to seven years on average, Um, so it's a very long list. Every year, about 38,000 people are added to the list, um, and less people are transplanted than added. So the list is just growing, Um, so there's a big discrepancy. So that can only be remedied with um, living donors. Um, And a lot of people are, uh, you know, maybe... Um, afraid of being a donor because they may have some misconceptions, but they just don't know um, that um, people can live with one kidney and be healthy if they are healthy to begin with. Um, the uh, Transplant Center will, will screen the person very, very well. Like They will not um, take a kidney of anyone who is even remotely not a good donor or unhealthy. Um, so there's no need to be worried about that. They won't just take anybody's kidney. It has to be someone with great kidney function, someone who has like no uncontrolled high blood pressure, no active malignancies. Um, they diabetes can be out of control. Um, they just have to be really pretty much perfectly healthy to have their kidney taken. And whoever donates a kidney, if they are healthy like this, um, they will have a pretty normal life like I have a normal life and they will have a normal life as long as I stay healthy I maintain a healthy weight I don't you know if I don't if I do gain a lot of weight I might become diabetic and maybe then I would have kidney problems but if I maintain my health I still have no problems living donors actually have a smaller risk of kidney disease than the average population Um, because we are healthy to begin with. We are healthier than the general population. Um, The little bit of higher risk comes with um, high blood pressure. We might, we have a little bit of higher risk of high blood pressure later on. Um, And um, so people can live just fine on one kidney. And a lot of people don't know that. So I really want people to know that it's safe to become a donor. Um, If you have a history of, you know kidney disease in a family and you're a family member that um, you make you have to make sure to let the transplant center know because it is possible that you may have that disease and it may manifest later in life if you're a young donor so they might have to know that and may have to test you or they may just decline um, and also you have to be 18 years old the upper limit um, of donation is really not defined So they will take a donor even in their 70s sometimes. Um, It will go to a recipient who's older as well. Actually, the oldest um, donor was 92 years old. Um, But um, I think that person donated to a person kind of close to their age. But it's still possible. If they're really healthy, they can donate at pretty much any age. So.
1: The one thing you mentioned about yeah. when you told your story is that the the woman that that, that struck you the most or that got you initiated mm-hmm. to, to want you to, to to be a donor yourself, her family members didn't want to donate. They kind of were seemed like yeah. they were hesitant. What are some of the reasons why people that are closest to the individual don't end up being the donor? I have heard, heard that story many times where the yeah. family's not yeah not. Yeah,
2: um, I think pretty. Much, I think it's probably fear, just of the unknown, just not knowing that. You can be, live just fine and normal life and your um, longevity will not be affected by it. Like Your um, risk of kidney disease is less than the average kidney disease risk in the general population. It is a tiny bit higher risk than, than, don't, than it would be as if you were compared to the people who are as healthy as you, but it's still a very tiny risk. Um, but people just don't know that, so I think it's just a fear, and maybe sometimes people may not be able to take off work. Like I took two weeks off, and I was able to be paid. But some people don't have that luxury, um, or maybe they need um, childcare, and they may not be able to get that. So, you know, I understand. But a lot of um, programs have donor assistance programs where they will, and Northwestern does for sure. I know because I was asked if I needed. Um, they will offer compensation for um, any expenses that you may um, acquire while donating. So like housing, um, if you have to stay in the hotel, meals, um, lost wages. I was even offered like life insurance for five years. If anything happens to me in those five years related to the kidney transplant. Mm -hmm. So that's available for people. But I think a lot of people might be just afraid because they don't know all the facts. So that's why I wanted to spread that
1: um, information. So Samantha, tell me, so what would you say to veterans who haven't considered using the Jesse Brown or the VA system for their kidney care? Um, like what, how, 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 what would you do? What would you say to give them the confidence, <laughs> let them understand that? Well, in this case here, we're talking about with you two guys, we have the Northwest Memorial Hospital, one of the best hospitals in the country, partnering with the Jesse Brown VA, a VA facility and the Heinz VA as well. That is, I mean, you can't really get better care than that. So let, let, exactly. So, how, so tell, tell, but go into a more detail. Tell us about the quality of the doctors and, and and what the what the the facilities bring to the table. Where a lot of people may not have thought about using a VA for for kidney care.
0: Well, first I have to say that the VA is one of the largest healthcare networks in the world. And for me, the way I position the VA when I'm explaining to veterans about what makes us unique is I consider the VA, and I'm sure everyone who works within the VA system, we're one big campus. And all of our specialists are affiliated, for the most part, with larger institutions. So you're looking at not only the constituents that we have at Justin Brown, but you're also looking at we have Northwestern, we have University of Illinois, we have Advocate, we have University of Chicago, we have relationships with Loyola University. So there's a ton of facilities that are renowned worldwide that we have relationships with Um, as you mentioned briefly our stem cells we're associated with Vanderbilt and they're high-ranked in the nation in terms of cancer care so I would say first look at the fact that you have one of the largest healthcare networks in the world at your fingertips and then the very second thing I would say is just look at Dr. Kamurtak. like she she is although she has taken one of the most selfless positions that any clinician can take. Her heart is commensurate with what you would find in a lot of our, our, our doctors who work within the VA system. The heart is there and there's people there that care, that really want to see our veterans do better overall in their health care and along with their family. We have a lot of support services also that we offer for families. So I would definitely say to look at the VA as a whole and just come talk to us, come in and talk to us. We're there to answer any questions you may
1: have very good last words. Mm-hmm. This is America's Heroes Group. We have two great people with us today Samantha White, certified advocate and practice nurse specializing in adult health and gerontology and facility transport coordinator for both solid organ and stem cells. And Dr. Alexandra Gomershik. She is an assistant professor of nephrology at Northwestern Memorial Hospital and the director of hemodialysis at Jesse Brown VA. Thanks for your time. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you. you. This is America's Heroes Group. We'll be right back.